we are kicking things off with a rather appropriate topic for three noobs starting a fresh podcast. Imposter Syndrome The feeling of not being good enough seems all too common amongst us. Whether it's coming from external expectations or internal pressures, we all have some form of self-doubt affecting our creative pursuits. In this episode, we share our experiences, stories, and reflections on how imposter syndrome has impacted each of our journeys. And in spite of it all, how to deal with it. Hello! We are Sri, Ash and Chloe, young creatives with plenty to ask and plenty to share. We enjoy having open and honest conversations and want to share the stories of our journeys. So buckle up, we are Full Disclosure. This is Ash and this is Chloe. Hello. And this is our first podcast and episode one, we are talking about Imposter Imposter Syndrome. Syndrome. (laughs) Yes. So let's start with the definition. Define the context to who we are and why. Oh yeah, this is our first episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So each one I wanna Okay, let's start with Chloe. Okay, sure. Sure, okay, so hi, I'm Chloe. It's been a year since I graduated. From actually, since we've all graduated from poly, I took a gap year from school to kind of do some internships. And right now, I'm interning at the travel intern. So I do like videography there, more specifically travel. Yeah. So I just like creating content. Okay. Hello. I'm not one, not two, but three. And I'm a content creator. I do content for social and anything to do with camera equipment, anything. Just pass it to me, and I'll create magic. Okay, hello, my name's Ash. I am figuring things out. But before this, I have interned at Scape, which is like a youth non-profit organization. And I pitched and directed a youth talk show. Yes, that's the peak of my life right now. Nice. So who? Ray. Who Ray? Who? Ray. Ray. Who is Ray? And speaking of who is Ray, let's go into our first episode. (laughs) No. No. It was like a no context intro. Anyway. Okay, anyways. What is imposter syndrome? Can someone look that up? Okay. On this episode of Google with me. For the definition of imposter syndrome, it is a psychological term referring to a pattern of behavior where people doubt their accomplishments and have a persistent, often internalized fear of being exposed as a fraud. So this thing like like faking it. it to make it right. It's, it literally comes from the, the, uh, the popular phrase "fake it to make it right." Yeah, essentially. So this is like being afraid to be caught when you're actually faking it. No, it's when people actually believe that you are good, but you yourself don't think so. Mm. Oh wow, mm. that yeah. is deep. Yeah, so it's it's almost like you're not even proving yourself anymore. You're you're proving yourself to yourself. Wow. Yeah, that's how it, you cultivate imposter syndrome within yourself. So it's like everyone believes that you're good, but you yourself but you don't, don't believe, believe it. Yourself. It's like a lack of self-confidence. So it's a self-esteem issue? Yeah. yeah, self-esteem issue where you're actually doing a good job, but you, you just, just don't, don't believe, believe in it. Whoa! Yeah. Whoa! Okay. It hits home. <laughs> yeah, so does any one of y'all 
Yes, like, me. Uh, every okay, time. Ash, why, why? But I feel like it's just something I've always had. Growing up when I was learning even things like violin and stuff, right, my parents were always telling me like, oh, you're doing good, you're playing well and stuff. But I never could feel like I was doing it properly. For me at least, right, I feel like the reason why I always turn down compliments and stuff is because I don't want to come across as cocky or arrogant or snobbish, or, yeah. or snobbish by recognizing what I'm good at and like valuing what is my worth. It's a very Singaporean thing, you know, like there's this thing where we call act humble. Where you just gotta be like, mm. when people compliment you, you're like, ah, yeah, yeah, uh, not mm. really, like, actually. And then, you know, it's like a snowball effect. The more you keep trying to act humble, yeah. you kind of develop the imposter syndrome, in a sense. Is that true? Mm. For me, right, my take on it is like, I've, I feel like I've never had imposter syndrome until people in my workplace reminded me of how young I was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like for me, right, I've always, I don't know, I, 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 I know what I'm capable of and I know my worth and I think it's because of the fact that I've always had to stand up for what I'm worth and like my skills and to prove to people that yeah, like I, I deserve to be hired no matter how young I am because like this is my work and this is what I've done before. Everywhere I go, all my internships, right, I'm always like the baby of the company. I'm always, I just so happen to always be the youngest. So it's like... I always have to act like I am older than what I actually am. Mm, And the more I do it, it became a habit for me. So I really started to believe that, yeah, like I deserve to be here because I I can act professional and I can be mature about this, even though I'm just 20. It only started like hitting me, like this idea of imposter syndrome, right? When I would suggest or pitch ideas and then I'd show my work and they'd be like, wow, you're so good. Like, but how old are you again? Oh, mm, yeah, you're only true. 20. That is so yeah, true. I yeah, I feel like I've gotten this imposter syndrome because of my age and not because I don't feel like I'm good enough. I think the difference here is that you had to work towards getting people to respect your your worth for the most of the time. But now that it's like, oh, you're almost too good for the supposed level you are at. So it's like people have this expectation of as a 20-year-old, you are here. But if you surpass that, then it feels like you're doing too well and then you feel a little bit like, should I be doing this or is it just like uh, people are being too nice? Yeah. And it's also weird because people think like I'm okay, maybe decent in my work but I myself think like dude, I still have so much to learn. Yeah. And I'm like still figuring things out so I don't want to move too fast to the point where it's like I, I know what I'm doing because I really, really don't but I respect the fact that oh yeah, people think that I'm capable of of doing more than what my supposed age people do these days. I think it has a lot to do with the fact that we come from like a polytechnic background. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah. Because we are, are not expected to like continue studying. We expected like when mm. you graduate from poly, you're expected to contribute to the workforce right away, right? And mm. then when you're really in the workforce at your age, like when you just graduated, you're like, oh no, this is my first job. And then when you get compliments, you're like, am I supposed to be at this level at my first job or at my internship? And sometimes people kind of play the age factor against you. Have you had experience of that? Oh, too many times. Yeah. I feel like when you perform better than you're expected to, just because of your age. And it's not really a fair thing because I feel like experience shouldn't be tied to age and like your level. Mm. If you have the talent and you, and you work hard at it, and that is also where I think the imposter syndrome comes about. You're performing well and then someone comes and tell you like, oh, you're too good for your age. And then you're like, oh shit, is it really true? And then when you hear compliments, like different opinions, too many voices just drown out your own. Mm. I feel that's kind of like the cause of imposter syndrome, kind of. Mm. I feel like imposter syndrome is not purely based on inexperience. Sometimes it could be based on experience. Because once you are experienced in something, there's an expectation that you must keep meeting, say, a standard you've hit previously. And then the imposter syndrome comes in and it's like, oh, what if I can't hit that? Like, same. 
level again. Oh, that's very, very true. It's like once you have, you manage to do something, people think that's your, your you set yeah. the bar. Mm. Yeah. And you must keep hitting that bar. But sometimes, mm. you know, we are humans. Sometimes we don't feel good because of emotions, human uh, circumstance. And you're like, you, you can't perform humans as good. Humans are circumstance. Like, human circumstance, like, like, like. Oh, human circumstance. Yeah, like that month I'm having my period or something or like, I'm not feeling you well. Dude, every month. month. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> every month you have your period. <laughs> I'm irregular. I'm only a regular mix. <laughs> okay, no, I'm, I'm joking, okay. But you know what I mean? Sometimes you just, you just cut. You're not a robot, you know. We're all human. Oh. I'm only oh, sorry, was, human. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you just can't perform every single month. So it's based on experience. Like, once you No, fight, I feel like it changes. Like, so when you're first starting out, like, your imposter syndrome is because you've had inexperience. So if you're doing too good, you maybe you're, like, delusional or people are just being fake with their compliments. And then once you're experienced, it's, like, more keeping up with the expectations you've built up. I don't know, for me, I, I feel like, okay, when you said that, right, it just, it kind of gave me the the idea that should we be judging ourselves so much about, like, not making mistakes and always, like, hitting it right? Because, you, you know, we, well, I'm thinking out loud, but, like, I don't know, when I look back my, all the times I've tried doing something creative, right, I'll just try doing anything. It's like, whenever I made a mistake, that's when I learned from, like, the most. I, I'm, I've never really learned as much from my, successes or my achievements right as compared to when I failed yeah yes, like don't fail no other option but yeah. to succeed. succeed yeah 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 it's yeah. like a you must you must do well you must go from primary school to secondary school one one, one, one time you cannot retain in school you cannot like do this do that yeah and once mm. you kind of like failed once people look at you differently mm. like mm. there's this like it defines yeah, you already. this label on you yeah. Mm. yeah it's like even the way it's covered in media like recently there's been a lot of graduation like students right it's not intentional, but when they bring up like, oh, here we are featuring an IT student that defied the odds. To even say that an IT student defied the odds by getting a 4.0, that's like almost stigmatizing that. It's like, you're expecting, oh, an IT student is not expected to do well. I, I think that's very, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but uh. that's very true for the Malay community. When someone does well, right, like you're, you're seen as an exceptional Malay. The number of times people tell me, hey, you're not very Malay, ah. then I'm like, why? Oh, because you're doing well. And I'm like, mm. so am I not supposed to do well just because mm. I'm Malay? Yeah. You know, I, I don't know if it's a touchy subject. Mm-hmm. Like, every time someone achieves something different, especially for Malay, they will appear on Brita Hari and they will appear on Surya. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm. I agree with the IT story. And fair enough, maybe they're coming from a... A good place. A good place. To cover but a story. it has that stigma also of like, they're kind of just reinforcing that stigma. Yeah. It, like, it's a good... It comes from a good place, but it kind of like, you know, backfires in a way. Mm. But we don't... People don't usually think about it. Was there any moment in your life where you felt like you were going to be exposed as a fraud in your craftsmanship or your art or your content or your work? I think it's very true when you apply for gigs. You know, those freelance gigs. Like, okay, let's say I put on my uh, resume and pitching a videographer and I put all my works in. And then when you pitch the client, the client sees the standard that you have. And you can't feel this fear like, shit, I must hit that standard. But the difference is when you're freelancing, you're alone. When you show them your resume, you actually have a whole crew behind you. Mm, yeah. And, yeah. I yeah. feel that's very, very relevant to this. Yeah. yeah. For, yeah. Like what you said, for me, right, that moment that I felt like I had like a proper impo- imposter syndrome moment, right, was when I was in this like cab ride going back home with this colleague. And then I just joined, right, so they don't really know how I work yet and what kind of work- content I was going to work on for them. He was basically telling me that 
oh, I think like seeing your portfolio and where you came from and where you've worked at before, right? You should technically be the most like talented videographer in your intern batch because like look at your work compared to like others. Like, you studied media, a few internships under your belt already and whatnot. And then like look at the videos you did in your past internship. You, you should technically be the most skilled one. Then in that moment, I was just like, oh my gosh, but true, yes. Like those videos I did work on, but like there was... Like she said, a whole team behind mm, those videos that came out. Like I didn't just like produce it on my own, direct it on my own, edit it on my own. Like there was a lot of people involved in the process. Like even when I edited the video, there were so many people who looked at that edit and like gave mm. me suggestions on how to improve it. So it's like not just me who worked on it. And I think that's where it came from. Like, yes, this is my work and I have, I was involved in that project but at the same time, I don't want to be credited as like the only person who did it because I don't, at at the same time, I don't want them to have this high expectation that I can deliver that same quality all on my own. Yeah, that's Mm. very true. I think that's something that as creatives, we should be honest about and we should admit it, you know. Sometimes I feel I get carried away with my own work and my own portfolio. Like, Like, yeah, I did this and this is in my portfolio. And sometimes when I apply for like freelance gigs and I really get them, I feel pressured. And I think that's where the imposter syndrome mm. kicks in. Yeah. Like, yeah. oh, I, I, I tend to forget that, oh, actually I didn't work on this alone. Yeah. And when you're really out there alone in the deep, you're like, oh, I am faking it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And there have been moments in my, when I was in the office, right, where people told me like, oh, they didn't convert the last batch of interns or like one particular intern because like, her previous work that she showed when during her application for this job, right, was so good. But when she came here, they realised, like, oh, the reason why she was able to write these quality of articles was because there was a whole army of, of editors, sub-editors that yeah. looked at it. And that's how she was able to whip out these articles, like, so good. And, but when she worked on it on her own. And that company, right, it's actually not that good. Yeah, I think that brings back to your previous point, where you should always, what you say, keep yourself in check. Mm. Yeah. What about Ash? Do you have any like moments where it's like, oh shit, people think I'm really that good, but oh no, I'm not. Uh, I feel like I'm not. If I'm being very, very honest, when I was in poly, right, there was always this expectation that everyone had, like in my class and within my lectures, that I somehow was able to produce above average work. I felt that especially during our final year project thing. Yeah, where it's like, people had this expectation that I could do exceptional work. Um, even if it's true whether or not I can hit that. Then for the flip side of having the inexperience, when I was working on the Scape show, considering I had zero experience in managing a talk show, how do we find guests? How do we like come up with a format that works? After it's filmed, are people even going to watch it? Are people going to judge saying that it's like a bad rip of, of an actual talk show? That's where the, the other side of imposter syndrome came in. And there was actually once where one of the managers of the guests we had, uh, um, he was quite dismissive, dismissive about the entire idea once he came in and saw what we were doing. Like, they had an expectation of, like, high production value kind of thing. And he kept bringing up to the production team of, like, why aren't you doing it this way? Why aren't you doing it that way? And it did kind of affect us and heighten the imposter syndrome of, like, oh, okay, so someone from the industry is actually, in a sense, validating the imposter aspect of it, of, like, you guys are not doing it right. But I feel like for me, beyond work, it's just a natural part of my personality traits. Like, I always don't have confidence in what I'm doing. Like, whether or not it's work, or like, just making friends, or anything I do. 
So I don't know whether or not it's really a like inbuilt personality thing or like nature versus nurture kind of thing. Okay, so now that we have all shared our own experience with imposter syndrome, how have you dealt with it so far? When it hits you, right, that, oh, shit, am I, like, a fraud? How then do you deal with it, or do you just not? I think it's important to deal with your issues. <laughs> Let me yeah. just put it out there. Mm. Like, if you think you have the imposter syndrome, you should come up with a way to deal with it, like a system that works. Like, for me, I have... I'm blessed to have good friends and a, like, good creative community that will, like, you know, keep me in check. So sometimes when I feel like, oh, no, I don't think I'm good enough, or, oh, can I even do it again? Can I produce the same kind of content and quality again? I'll ask, like, my good friends, like, hey, yo, so I got this gig, and I'm not sure whether I'm up to it. Should I just give it up? And then my friends will keep me in check, like, yo, the previous time you did it, think about how did you do it, how do you achieve it? So it's like setting your own expectations, and, like, coming up with, like, kind of like a to-do list to ensure that you are able to hit the same quality. You know, a, a, a process that works for you. I think that helps you overcome the imposter syndrome, but that doesn't mean that the imposter syndrome won't come again, or won't appear again, or pop out again, you know what I mean? It's just like rain. It always rains, but once you have an umbrella and you kind of just deal with the rain. I think my analogy makes sense. I don't know. Singapore rains a lot, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. What yeah. about you? What about you guys? For me, it's kind of similar to what you said, like creating that conversation and like being open about it. Because like, I think as long as you're, you allow yourself to be vulnerable and open and honest and transparent with how you feel like as a creative, right? You'll be surprised at how many other people like agree and everyone just thinks they're like being a fraud at this game when actually what if there's no like no one's actually a fraud, like everyone's just Everyone's just afraid. Everyone's not just a afraid. Fraud. Hey, yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. Oh. Wow. I just got that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I think for me it's about being vocal about these kind of things. Once you open yourself up to just being out there and just putting yourself out there, you it's like I've I've been surprised at how many people can relate back to me and like how it has created this conversation that oh actually we are not as alone in this because sometimes when you have this like imposter syndrome you just feel like it's all just within me and like I can't discuss it with anyone else or else people will think oh you so you think you're that good but actually you're not then oh see oh, the imposter different. syndrome kicks in again mm-hmm. but yeah actually it's just about creating conversations. And That's, creating I, conversations with people you trust. Mm, That's one thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're, you only, I, I feel like you should open up this conversation within like a small circle first of people that you feel like would be open to this kind of, this kind of conversation and like people who maybe are on the same wavelength. On the same wavelength yeah. or have like overcome it and like that's how you can learn where you can also deal with such thoughts. People who respond in an empathetic manner. Yes. In a sense. Yeah, that's very important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they don't just dismiss the issue like, ah, yeah, you're just being insecure. You know? mm. That is hurtful as a creative. Yeah. And not just as a creative, as a human. Mm. To have your own friends say that to you. <laughs> Are they even friends then? <gasps> Drop oh. them, sis! Mm, Drop oh. them, sis! <laughs> Cut them out! Cancel! <laughs> what about Ash? I've literally just experienced what you been saying about the whole like being open to articulate i have always been someone that struggled to express my thoughts beyond my internal uh, monologue and recently i've been trying very hard to push myself to like express it and what you said as well with a close group of friends that you know they will at least respond to it in a reasonable manner and not like shoot you down and stuff and that has from what i've experienced so far worked very well i feel like i've had conversations with a lot of people that 
we probably wouldn't have had had I continued to keep that to myself. Okay, so how have you shared these? Like, what, what did you actually do? I have been using Instagram a lot. So, okay, this is like a side topic and I, maybe we can talk about it in the, in the future, but I've always felt like social media had no purpose to me. You did not go there. But I yes, did go there. The next yeah, conversation. So... Ooh, the purpose <laughs> oh, no. of social media. Ooh. Ooh. Okay, okay, okay. okay. keeping that for the next episode. Okay, yes. but yeah, so for me, I found that journaling using Instagram stories and stuff seems to be a purposeful way to like use Instagram. So I've been slowly doing that. I've been exploring a few different topics. One of it was expectations. And then I just like, whenever I had a thought on my head, I'd use that as my platform of not keeping it to myself, giving me a chance to actually learn to articulate what I have in my head. Because sometimes what I have in my head doesn't like express well when I say it out loud. Like probably because of inexperience. Yeah. So that's happened. As, you know, what's her name? Jess Glynn says, don't be so hard on yourself. Wow, I don't know what song. Who's Jess Glynn? You know the one who sang, um... Rather she, Be? Uh, no oh, she has another song. Yeah. Okay, anyway, yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay, <laughs> Jess Glynn. A lot of it, I think, ultimately will come down to, like, an internal recognition that you need to be okay with it. Because, yes, you can reach out to friends and stuff, right? But ultimately, being comfortable with failure and, like, vulnerability, and accepting that, like, you're gonna make mistakes is what will carry you through. Having the friends is, like, the secondary support on top of that. But if you don't have the main, the like, the fundamental basis of being okay with messing up and, like, not having the experience, mm, mm. it will come back and haunt you, like, all the time. Yeah, I think it's just freeing that judgment of self. Hmm. Gotta love yourself. Yeah, like, being more mm. empathetic for yourself and, like, mm. recognizing your worth. And your worth is not based on whether or not you fail. It's about how like how you deal with that failure. Mm, yeah. Because like there's so many ways you can go about it. Like people can go the destructive way of like, you know, being insecure and being doubtful and forever staying that way, or they can try to get past it and actually do something about their situation. I think that's the more mm. effective way to go about it. Yeah. Mm. So if if you feel this way and as long as you're seeking ways to to go about it and maybe try opening up that conversation to your fellow creative friends or like people you, who you feel can empathize with you I think that's a good step in the right direction yeah but I, I I do feel that you should allow yourself to feel this way allow yourself to feel bad let the feelings flow you know but once you're stuck in there for like more than three days or like you know more than a period of time you really need to speak up and change yeah yeah so in conclusion okay so everyone from this con- what can you conclude from this conversation or piece of advice like a one liner Love yourself. Yeah, I was going to say be kind to yourself. Judge yourself less. Alright, and let's end off this episode with a pun! Yeah, this is where we judge. So we don't judge ourselves less, but we judge three Three. more. Yeah. That's where we channel our energy. Okay, so... Alright, so the pun for our first episode is... What do you call a fake Wait, sorry, why are we doing this again? Please explain. It's just to lighten up, you know? Okay, so Sri has this very bad habit in school of punning. It's, it's punishing. It's not. It's, it's it's when she says puns as a form of punishment for those around her. For her final year project, she did a pun Ooh. every week on Instagram and she laughed at herself. And it, it became a hit. We got 300 followers. So we're going to try this we now. We increased our following by 10%, okay? Because of me and my puns. Okay, the pun for this episode is what do you call a fake pasta? I don't know. I we? do, but I don't want to say it. You call them an impasta. 
I get it, impasta, imposter. Oh no, Mr. Impasta, you're a fake pasta, you're not spaghetti. You're a penny. Like you think this pasta is a is a spaghetti? Then you see they're actually flat. You're a linguini. No, you guys don't get it. We get it, but why? I don't know, this joke was a spiral, get it a spiral. <laughs> Okay. okay. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> I don't know. Do we, we don't have a jingle. So goodbye can be our. Yeah. We're gonna do goodbye. that. Goodbye. <laughs> Damn, we need to figure that out. All right. Okay. Let's say goodbye together. Okay. One, two, three. Goodbye. goodbye.